Cumberbund. Yeah, this one right here goes out to all the babies, mamas, mamas. Yeah. Mamas, mamas. <laughs> Baby mamas, mamas. Yeah, go like this. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Right, Friday night live coming at you. Thank you for joining us. It is episode whatever we made up. <laughs> it's episode Friday. <laughs> Sorry, night Chris. Live. <laughs> Doesn't matter. 75, 77, it's 70. 200. It's 200. <laughs> uh, we have to say thanks to our chat sponsor, BMX Rocks Photography. You can check them out at BMX dash rocks.com make sure you guys check them out uh midwest taking lots of pictures at all the races they can even make me look like i'm going fast <laughs> they do a very good job yeah. our uh showcase is brought to you by answer bmx newsmaker segment brought to you by our good friends over at bmx racing forum if you guys are looking to get a website built make sure you check them out do an awesome job making websites melissa is going to do her trivia this evening bonus edition Yes. So it's brought to you by the bonus edition Ray's MTV Park. Sounds good. It works for me. Paul's MIA, Damon's MIA, Chris's MIA. I can't see that that's a race. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, we're just going to hang out. You guys got uh, comments, questions. Get them in the chat. Um, And as always, our show opening is brought to you by the good people over at Gate 9 custom bmx number plates and if you want a jersey design pester him enough and he will make it for you speaking, speaking of jersey of, design there it is <laughs> rocking them tonight they, they did a pretty good job he does an awesome job well you know melissa it's time to grab our fago which is not what's in our glasses this evening nope. uh, make for a fun day tomorrow it will <laughs> 
We'll just make sure we take the crown for Scott. Uh, It'll be gone. Sorry. Well, <laughs> the Mandingo Pickles. Don't be late for the gate. Melissa, let them know where they can watch and listen to the replay. Absolutely. You guys can find us live or watch all the replays on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. All those are sponsored by the Mega Design Group and our good buddy Brian Fell. Um, all of our podcast streams are brought to you by Joe Doherty of the BMX in Our Blood podcast show. We're pretty much on... And it can be found anywhere that you're looking for us. So, uh, as always, we'd like to hear from you. So let us know uh, what you would like to see in future shows. And don't hesitate to email the show at info at allthingsbmxshow.com. And uh, we'll be able to get um, your news on or sponsor or spotlight races, things like that you've got going on. So don't hesitate to uh, send us an email. It's the best way to get a hold of us. Always. And we really appreciate those that are sending information in tonight. We're going to showcase a few of them. And as always, before we welcome in our guests, we want to take a second and make sure that we showcase one of our big sponsors here and uh, give a shout out to T-Bone, Brian Wilson, and his Carbone Cartel rims. Man, I just saw a sneak peek of the new rims that he's got coming out. Out of control. I know. Out of control. I'm going to say colorways are on the table. Not clear. I mean, lots of options. Options. Or I, I guess he hasn't made any final decisions yet, but there are but lots they, of designs they, in the work. So he's, yeah. I don't want to see his it. job at all. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see what they look like, you can hang out in the after chat and maybe he'll show up and tell you about it. Uh, right now, we're going to go over and see the commercial from our friends at the Carbone Cartel. And when we come back, we're going to welcome in our guest all the way from the sunshine state of Florida via Bogota, Colombia. Mr. Mitch, we'll be right back after this message. I, I, I was thinking, really need to get somebody to message Brian while we're on the air. Why is that? Because that's his actual cell phone number oh. right there uh, in the commercial. That's, that's, that's oh, his that number. That's true. Yeah. So that's his number. Message him. <laughs> Ask him about the new rims. Go ahead. So without further ado, we want to welcome in our guest this evening. Mitch, how are you? Oh, doing good. How are you guys doing? Hanging out up here in the Mitten State, Friday night. Got you on the show, finally. Yep, finally got it together. <laughs> and we're glad you're feeling better. Yes. Yeah, been a rough, been a rough month or so. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. And for those that don't know, uh, Mitch, he was a little under the weather with the, the uh, COVID. Yeah. Recovered COVID well. and gallbladder surgery. Oh, geez. Yeah, that'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Well, well, good now, though. Excellent. You, you want to ask Chris's question? 
Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, me? Yeah. I don't. You never get to ask that I don't question. feel comfortable. <laughs> Mitch, as we ask all of our guests that join us on the All Things Show, how'd you get your start in BMX? You did perfect. Uh, my start, 80, let's see, 84, 85, yeah, 84, 85. Just a little kid running around. Uh, seeing kids on BMX bikes and basically like, that's what I want to do. And obviously, you know, didn't grow up with all the money in the world. So I wasn't, you know, privileged enough to go to all the races, but I started racing in South Georgia and Albany when the track used to be across town. It wasn't where it is now, but I used to live literally like a mile from where the track is now. And I think I was 14 and so I started racing late. So I started at 14 years old. But when they moved the track to Chihaw Park, where it is now, uh, I literally helped build the track. I would go out there because I was living right there. I'd go out there with shovels and stuff and help them build the track. Little little did I know that 30 years later, you know, it'd be a, a full-time job. Right. But uh, that's where I started racing was in Albany, I raced there for pretty much a year, and then we I moved to Orlando. And as soon as I got to Orlando, it, it was wide open. Um, we were living about probably five miles from where the Orlando track is, and that was back when there was two tracks. They had the MPSA track and the NBL track within 500 yards of each other. And so we would we would ride both the tracks all the time. And like I said, I wasn't a, a national rider or a state rider. I was just a local kid racing, going ride the track, and which kind of led me into freestyle. And so we started riding big ramps, quarter pipes, flatland, everything. We had a big half pipe in my buddy's backyard. And that went on until about 89, 90. And then obviously life started setting in. Got married, had a kid, and away went to BMX, and I picked it up again in 2003 when my son started racing at seven years old. Wow. And I jumped in it wide open because now I was able to do it the way I wanted to do it back then. I was going to make sure my kid got to race everything I couldn't race, and we did. We went full-on national state series. You know, him and him and his sister both, there wasn't too many races on the East Coast that we didn't hit. Um, and that's been wide open ever since. And my son raced for 16 years. And uh, right, at, you know, right at 16, my daughter raced for, see, she raced for six, seven, seven years. And, and in that time, it's just how I got started working on tracks. That's a whole other story. <laughs> one you know, we definitely want to get into <laughs> i was in construction and heavy equipment stuff so it just kind of went hand in hand and i started working on the local track in west palm and kind of honed my skills there and and started working on other tracks in florida and just kind of made a name for myself down here wow yeah what what year was did that happen in uh Let's say I started at West Palm in 2003. My son started racing mm -hmm. and I started working on the track 
in 2003. <laughs> as soon as they learned that I could run heavy equipment, <laughs> they had me. They had me working on the track, even though I didn't know what I was doing. I was just there running equipment. Wow. So, but I learned. I learned real quick by watching what the kids were riding and how it was working. And I took my knowledge of shaping golf courses and put it to BMX. Which, if I could see what they needed, I could build it. Mm-hmm. If they needed a jump to be more lippy, I could make it more lippy. If I needed to be more mellow, I could do it because I could visually see it. So it didn't take me long before I started honing my skills and, and really building some good stuff. But you, so, the, and then all the, all fact, the other tracks started taking notice. The fact that like, your golf course experience, when, mm-hmm. when we had talked before, how that it's interesting and if you can expound on it a little bit how that correlated into bmx uh aside from the fact if you can see it you, you know how to build it but just when you were telling me before how you know flowing like a i don't know what they call them on a golf course i just go out there and drink uh <laughs> like a bluff or a, a mogul or shit i don't yeah, know yeah well you have the you have like a bmx turn looks exactly like the face of a, a sandbucker the big sand bunkers. Okay. If you look at the way we shape those, we shape the turns the same way. I could see and that, Carly. And when I first did my first turn, that's what I thought about was I've built hundreds of these on golf courses. Not as big as a BMX turn, but it's it's the same process of doing it and getting it the right shape. And then it's just a matter of building enough turns to see what works and what doesn't work. That's the key thing there. Okay. Huh. What is it that works? A good apex in the turn. Write that down, UTOs, right now. <laughs> we'll you know, expound on what apex means in a few. Yeah, that's that's your that's your set point. That's where you're pretty much done turning, and you're coming out of the turn. Once once you've hit that point, I mean, you as a rider, you know that feeling when you go into a turn where you feel comfortable to kind of get back on the gas again that's the apex it's the set point when you dive your front wheel in there and it feels like it's going to slide out from under you to a certain point and when it doesn't feel like that anymore you just went through the apex of the turn evidently i've never went that fast or paid that close attention. <laughs> I actually totally laid on always. But you know, you know the feeling of when you think yes. you're going to get back on the pedals on mm-hmm. a turn. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter how fast you're going. It's just once you hit it, you know it, and and it depends on where that is in the turn is how the turn's going to ride. So I'm going to some put turns, this. Some pit, turns are built backwards. I'll put this up, and right here. There you go. Yep. The guy, the guy in the pink shirt, basically the guy in the pink shirt and the blue shirt, right above them is the apex of that turn. Even though it's not the middle of the turn, it's the apex. That's where you're shooting for. When you come off of that jump, you're you're aiming for that spot right there where the where that roof line comes down on top of that turn. That's the spot you're aiming for. Unless you're going to do a high low, and then you're going to go in high and come out low, but. Your main racing line is is right there in that apex, because that's where you're going to fly in and you're going to set, and you're basically, for lack of a better term, you're going to Terry tinted it out of there. <laughs> Just crank it. Yep, get that front wheel up and go. That's great. Um, now you've been involved since 2003. Uh, 
if you were to take that timeline till now and say one of the probably funnest builds or uh, that you've had mm -hmm. overall. Funnest build. Well, are you talking just to help Mitch narrow it down? Racetracks, or because we haven't even touched on the fact that he's into pump tracks. That was the segue. Oh, my bad. <laughs> well, I didn't. Okay, sorry. Oh, um, that's why I belong back there. No. Nope. <laughs> mm. Velvet Smooth back there this evening. I don't know who that is. And they they all the thing about building tracks all over the all over the world, and like Tom can attest to this. Uh, Every you take away something from every build, you know, it, whether it be bad or whether it be good. You know, we, we used to have this little running joke that, you know, certain certain cities that you go like one of them might have, you know, we might stay in like a really nice hotel or one of them, you know, the the material you're building with might be perfect or the machines might be perfect. You know, you go to. You go to Baku, Azerbaijan, where we where we built the track for the European Games and, and the 2018 uh, uh, World Championships. They had the most amazing toilet paper. It's the you little things. Put, you couldn't put your finger through it. <laughs> and me wow. and Tom talked about it. I go, man, this place got a really good toilet paper. That's what we're taking away from here. Um, that and, says a lot for everything else. It yeah. does. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. That was a pretty crazy. That was a pretty crazy build. Um, the funnest. I mean, it's hard to. It's hard to pinpoint one. I mean, I've had like just fun time building. Probably more so doing rebuilds in Florida because mm -hmm. it just turns into just one big party. Because you have a you have a handful of the track volunteers out there that are busting their butt with you. And we're eating good food, we're drinking, we're having a good time, and we're building a cool-ass track, and we get to watch the kids ride at the end of the day. You know, that's that's the best part. When we build, when we would build these big tracks, we'd go there, build them, never see anybody ride them. So when you so refer you, to big tracks, like this, this, you're talking like... Yeah, the Supercross tracks, the World Championship stuff, you mm -hmm. go build them, and you would leave, you'd never get to see anybody ride it. Mm. You know, you would you would... Hope. I mean, you're you're basically counting on your skill set to know that that track's going to ride the way it's supposed to ride, and you know, ninety percent of the time they do. You know, you have little glitches here and there, and sometimes we would have to go back and tweak something a little bit. But generally, they they would always ride pretty good. So, but to me, the the funner builds is probably doing the local stuff. You know, I had a lot of fun in Miami South. I mean. They, they always, you know, they, they treat you real good. The hospitality is really good. Uh, Cape Coral, you know, uh, Nick, Nick and the crew there, they're always good to work with. Um, I've done stuff uh, up in the Northeast. Uh, I was just at Trumbull, actually, and that guy treated me, you know, he was really good to work with. Uh, pretty much just let me have run what I wanted to do. We had a conversation when I got there, and after he talked to me, he says, do what you want to do. <laughs> I, give, I give you full run, build what you want to build. Oh, that's so, really nice. Nice way to turned, handle that. Yeah, it turned out good. I mean, it's it's nice when people have the confidence in you to kind of let you do it, even though I want to build what they want because it's their track and they're the ones that's got to live with it. But if they look at you and go, 
you build what you think is going to work and what what's going to fit this track. You know, it, it kind of then you look at it and you go, okay, let's build something. Now, so, we had we had Chris on and he was singing your praises. <clears throat> yeah, you yeah, there. I watched that episode. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's crazy. He's crazy, but he's a good guy. Oh, he he, he lights his himself. line of work. His line of work. You got to be crazy. Lights himself on fire. Uh, that was yeah. wild. He started telling me all them stories. I was like, man, you're crazy. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'd say the local tracks are probably my some of my favorite. I mean, it's cool to go build the big stuff, but on a personal level, it's it's probably better to to do the. You see the impact more. Sure. You know, when you have when you have 20 kids show up on a Saturday night after you've worked all day on the track and you got it ride ready and you see them out there and they're all excited and they ride until they can't ride no more. That's what it's all about. To me, that's what it's all about is watching watching the kids go out there and, and enjoy it. You know, you build a big track, you build it, you get done, you walk away. Every once in a while, maybe you get a visitor that comes out and rides. So, how many builds do you think you have under your belt? Great race tracks. Race tracks. Uh, let's see. Well, all the rebuilds in 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 Florida. Like I've done no new stuff. I mean, other than Sarasota, with uh, when I was with Tom. Uh, but all the uh, all the tracks in Florida, except for Oldsmar and Riverview, I've rebuilt multiple times. So that there probably pushing forty, probably forty rebuilds in Florida alone. Uh, and then wow. regular tracks, uh, Supercross tracks. I want to say seven, maybe seven Supercross tracks, uh, and then. Several, probably six or seven regular, what I call just a regular basic track from brand new. Um, yeah, so I'm say pushing probably 50 to 60 tracks altogether between rebuilds. A lot of rebuild stuff in Florida mm-hmm. um, and up, up, up in the northeast. So. Uh, quite a few yeah that's more than quite i expected I've, I've, say. <laughs> I've lost count in florida on how many times i've rebuilt like west palm we used to change that thing monthly when i was there full when i was full blast yeah i could bring equipment in there we could blow it apart in the weekend and you would race one track friday night and a different track on tuesday wow and we'd do it about every two months we would change it straight away or something and they never got over there god i can't wait to retire to florida <laughs> yeah Plenty of tracks. <laughs> it's really humid. We got enough. Hey, we got plenty of northerners down here. You'll feel right at home. We'll talk. <laughs> we have a long time before there's any retirement. They have air conditioning. <laughs> they have fans and staging. So, <laughs> with that many tracks in mind, do you mm-hmm. have a general formula that you follow, or is it just like you show up and get a feel for the land, or yeah. what's the process? A lot of it, when I show up for like a rebuild, the first thing I want to know is what the age demographic of the track is. Okay. That's good. You know, if, if you go to a track and there's 50 kids that are from 5 years old to 10 years old, and then there's 10 kids from 10 to 15, obviously you're going to build a track 
more geared for the for the crowd that's going to use it. You know, you don't want to build a big burly track if all your kids are under twelve years old. Can I can I you know? pause you just for a second? So what you're saying is, you want to build the product to the customer base, right? Yes. To a certain Did you point, want to say you that wanna, for those in the just back? for those of you in the back. <laughs> to a certain point, you want to cater to your customer base. Yeah, because obviously, Makes you know, it's me. basically it's who pays the bills. You know, mm-hmm. it's, and and I go to tracks, and sometimes the track director or the operator, whoever's running the show, uh, they'll have something in their head that they want. You know, they they've talked to their riders, and the riders say, "Hey, let's." we want a big triple step up over here or we want a big tabletop over here. And they'll tell me these things and I'll tell them, you know, okay, that'll work good, but you might want to put it over here and not where you want it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's going to work better here or it's going to work better there. Or sometimes they have a great idea and it works out perfect. You know, it it depends on how the track is laid out, the spacing you have between the, the turns, obviously, you know, if, if you got, an odd measurement and they're, and they're wanting to put three 30 foot jumps in there and they're just not going to fit. Mm-hmm. You, then you have to start doing adjusting and telling them, Hey, what you want is not going to fit. And then we got to make it, make adjustments and that, that way they can be happy, get what they want and still have a track that flows good. So here, here's the question. This is the clips versus flats question. <laughs> Local tracks, yep. Pro set or no pro set? Ooh, that's the that's the million dollar question right there. Ooh. It's uh, there again. It goes back to if you got one sixteen year old kid that's a jumper, but his dad is the track operator, and he wants a pro set so his kid can jump something. Nine times out of 10, you might wind up with a pro set. But general rule of thumb is if you don't have the rider base to carry that pro set, then why build it? If, if you, you're going to have to maintain it. And I've seen so many times where a track will put in a pro set and it's good for six months and then it just starts going downhill because mm-hmm. nobody wants to take care of it because nobody's riding it. You have two kids on a weekly basis that might be hitting it. And, you know, obviously we used to build them in Florida. It got big because everybody we had, we used to have a huge pro program down here. So during the state series, every track wanted a pro set so they could showcase the pro class. Mm -hmm. And so it got to be a competition down here who had the biggest pro set, you know, who had the nicest pro set and every track wound up with a pro set. You know, you look, you look at all the Florida tracks. There's not too many of them that don't have a pro set somewhere. You know, it's, and it becomes a spacing thing. If your track's not geared, laid out to where you can put a pro set in, you're not going to get one. There's no need to, to make your track not ride that well because you want to put a pro set in. And I'll tell somebody quick, if you don't have the spacing, it's not going to work. You know, we had to, we had to squeeze the one that's in Cape. I mean, we put that one in there and you see how the amateurs take one, they take the two 90 degree turns basically and the pros skip a one whole section. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's the, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the track there. 
It's so a great, it veers off. <clears throat> I would love to change all that and make it one big turn down there. It's like that, you know, um, it's kind of the, I, I felt is one of the really fun, unique things there is. <clears throat> so if you haven't been to Cape, in the upper left corner of the pitcher, there's, uh, you know, a berm about middle pitcher because you have the first berm to the right. And then there's another berm. And that's where the pros are. And if you're racing on the amateur section, you got to, you got to go down DL's leg burning training rhythm section here, <laughs> which he will just make you vomit on. And then you do the 90, about a 90 degree turn. And then you literally flow in to where the pros land into. And it's, it's a unique, fun. It's a different design. Yes. And uh, I'll tell you right now, Pee Wee Lee knows that last turn because he swooped me every damn moto <laughs> <laughs> shout out to him i would just like i would like to make the pro that pro set is very jumpy yep which is what they're supposed to be but it's fun to ride but not real fun to race mm. is what that's what i've been told by most of a lot of the riders it's fun to go ride but it's not fun to race well if you i'll tell you watching the races there if you can hit that thing you have a massive advantage, advantage which yeah, I feel is like important with a pro set, right? That's that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the term decision maker, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's, if it's billed as a pro set, I hear when they say, Oh, it's a decision maker. Well, not really. Cause if it's a true pro set, realistically, anybody under 15 really shouldn't be hitting it, you know, shouldn't mm-hmm. be able to hit it. If it's built like a true pro set where you're jumping 35 feet, mm-hmm. then, you know, your average rider is not going to be on a small track like that mm-hmm. where you're not carrying the track speed. Like you do on a supercross track, everybody can jump a 35 foot double. I mean, really everybody. Well, they, well they might maybe, not not land, but... maybe not you, Justin, but <laughs> no. most people. <laughs> I'll lawn dart it. <laughs> but, but like most 14, 15 year old kids can jump a 35 foot double on a supercross track because you got the speed. Right. You know, you're coming off massive turns. I mean, the first turn at Sarasota is like a bigger than most starting hills. It is. Massive. You know, it's, it's huge. You come off of that. If you go high, you're you're literally starting over again. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so yeah, pro sets. That's my take on them. I mean, I like building them. Those are cool, but they they're not for every track. I so- mean, some tracks do not need them. I think. Some tracks are better off just to be what I call a basic local track. And that can be fun. You know, you take Miami South, don't have a pro set. It's a nice track. You know, you got, mm, let's see, which one doesn't have a pro set anymore? <laughs> like say Florida's full. Like, I think Miami's literally about the only one that doesn't have a pro set anymore. Huh? Crazy that he's got them all. Yeah, Naples, like Naples, Naples. Naples is Naples a fun track. A, yeah, it gets a bad rap because of the turns. Well, the turns are so small, but it's a to me, it's a different style of racing. It's yeah, and and for those that haven't been to Naples or don't know why it's a different kind of turn, is the community township city limits the height that an yeah. obstacle can be. <laughs> and yeah, so the turns have to stay under a certain height, which they did a really good job on making the turns like bowl real deep and around to carry your yeah, speed. The gunite. They're made out of gunite. 
yeah the concrete and they are that that whole track that uh we spent when i was down there when were we, when i was that was whatever months ago uh man we spent hours there but yeah. it's a fun short track it is it's not really that short but it seems short Shout i've worked out. on parts of it i redid last straight part of third straight um but they have lifted the height restriction did they yeah so they're talking about maybe doing some stuff in the future to make it bigger but you know you know, it's like Daytona. Daytona used to be that little small track, and it's still small, but they've redone the turns. They've redone the whole track, and it, it races a little faster now because the turns are bigger. Yeah. But it's, it's Daytona's a short track, and we always knew going to it that it's a different style of racing. So, like NASCAR. You don't, you don't race the same at Daytona like you do Bristol. Nope. <laughs> Bristol, you're going to rub. <laughs> yeah, you're one day, you're one down the down the first straight or down the front stretch, and you're 45 in a turn. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to my NASCAR fans. There you go, Melissa. You want to do a quick check-in? No, I want to finish my the question on the on the pro set. No, okay. I had asked him about his formula. Oh, and then we got oh the formula X that. plus zero equals seven. Well, no, he was he said he was. <laughs> talking about you know discovering what the rider base was and then you kind of asked mm -hmm. about the mm -hmm. the pro set so i'm just kind of curious is once you've kind of got that information is there uh you know i want so many you know everyone's got to have a roller everyone's got so much yeah. tabletops thank you <laughs> step up <-ups>. whatever <laughs> obstacles <laughs> I, I guess the kind of it's not really a, a not really a formula it's mainly it's what what will fit between point A and point B. Okay. You know, anytime, like when we build a new track, you always build the turns first and then you get your measurement between the turns and you see what's going to fit. That's going to flow the best. That makes sense. And that's the thing. When you go to a rebuild, the first thing you do is you find out what's going to fit in between them turns. That's not going to throw your spacing off. Cause nowadays everybody, you know, it's all about flow. They want flow. They don't want dead spots in the track. You know, some people don't understand it, but it's if you if you have any spot on the track other than first straight that's flat, it's what we call a dead spot. It's when you come off of a landing, you want that landing to go downhill as much as you can, almost all the way to the lip of the next jump. So you don't have that dead spot because as soon as you hit flat ground on a bike, you start slowing down. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I lose speed. All right. And a lot of people say, well, that's pedal room. Well, yeah, it is pedal room if you want to pedal. <laughs> you know, why pedal if you can keep <laughs> You can speed pedal up on downhill too, can't you? Yeah, I mean, you can. You can pedal. But a lot of people, you can see a track when you, you put a good rider on a good flowing track, you'll see them gain speed without pedaling. Because they, you have to know how to work the track, learn how to use the backsides of the of the jumps to to create speed, learn how to use the rollers. When the rollers are built correctly, you can pump through a rhythm section and gain speed. Did, I, did I you ride uh, West Palm, Justin? Nope, nope, I didn't. No, yeah, that last straight, Tom Ritz built it mm -hmm. in two thousand and six, and it's yet to be changed. Because it was way above its time when it was built. 
and uh, it stood the test of time. It's very, it's still a very modern rhythm section mm-hmm. because, like I said, he built it, and it was way bigger than any rhythm section we had ever seen before. And it took it took a few months for our writers to get used to it, but now, you know, it's they go through it like crazy. But it's one of those rhythms where you, all you have to do is start pumping a little bit, and you will gain speed. By the time you're halfway through it, you're either better learn how to jump or learn how to manual. You know, I did it a few times and it's like you start catching break real quick. Right. But it, it's all about the flow. You know, if it's built correctly, it's going to flow and it, it rides so much easier when it's flowing and not choppy. You know, if you get, if you get three rollers in a row and all three of them are built different, it's not going to work very well. It, how do you, how do you ensure that that doesn't happen? Cause like I've always, I volunteer a lot of time helping building and I always felt rollers are one of those things, man, especially on a track where you have the width that you need to match. Like what is the, you know, is there a key? Is there a secret? Like how is it with literally not making a form, which I've been at that level. Well, the thing, the thing with us and you know, like me and Tom, we build very similar um, as far as the way we use the machines and it's all about feel in the machine. We can, we can feel what you can feel on a bike in the machine. Mm. So when we're, when we're grading rollers and stuff, we can feel the machine moving in between. Like we're, if we're in between two rollers, mm-hmm. we know if there's a dead spot, if there's a bumpy spot, whatever, we can feel it in the machine. And so when you're back dragging and grading, you're seeing and you know what it, you physically or visually know what it's supposed to look like. When you look at that roller, you can look across the top of it and see that it's dead mm-hmm. level going across. You can see the backside is, is true all the way across. It doesn't have a dip in the middle. It doesn't have a bump on the side. You know, it's, it's a lot of visual, it's visual in the seat of your pants. You match those. Machines, you can feel a lot in those machines. More than you think you do. I bet. You match the front to the back? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's not – it depends. Uh, sometimes the, the front might be a little bit mellower, and then the back might have a little more drop to it. Okay. But when you go across it and you push down that back wheel, you want a little bit of a concave back there. But when you push down on that manual, it's going to push that bike forward. So. I feel there is a ton of TOs right now taking <laughs> notes. <laughs> it's very tough to build. Like I've seen so many people build rollers by hand and they never work out. It's ex- it just never comes out. They're usually either too quick because when you're building it by hand and I've even tried it myself building mm-hmm. by hand and they just, the roller never turns out the way it does with a machine. They always get too quick. Cause when you're on the ground looking at it with a, with a rake or shovel, it looks like it's too mellow, but it's not. So, I've I, I went as far as literally screwing two sheets of wood together and mm-hmm. making a template and then just setting it down and yeah. trying. Well, that's just like if you go to like a skate park or an indoor and you see the perfectly formed wooden rollers. Yep. Even those don't ride that good. I can testify because to that. They're perfectly formed. Mm-hmm. And. I've heard riders say they don't like it that way because you don't want the front side and the back side to be exactly the mm-hmm. same. Hmm. 
they it's directional rollers are directional but a lot of times they'll ride we'll build a rhythm section going a certain direction and it'll ride better backwards okay i've, I've seen a lot of people ride a track backwards and they go man that rhythm section actually rides better backwards okay so, and i've literally as went as far as built them the other way <clears throat> built them backwards so they would ride better forward huh. it's, it's weird and a lot of that that's that's seat time on the machine Mm -hmm. yeah. knowing what works and what doesn't work just a yeah, guesstimate how many hours do you have in oh building tracks <laughs> <laughs> well i'll tell you i've been running heavy equipment i started building golf courses in 1992 so i've been running heavy equipment and doing and doing finish work yeah on golf courses since 1992 so 92 so you're almost pushing 30 years that I've been sitting on a piece of equipment. You probably sat in the machine longer than some of the experts in the younger class has been alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. True. I mean, a lot of, I've, yeah. <laughs> but basically, full-on building tracks. Um, 2003 is when I started. Say 2004, because uh, April of 2003 is the first day I showed up at the track. Uh, I played with it a little bit through that year. The next year is when it went full on and we were working on tracks all over the state of Florida from 2003 on so, or 2004. So I've had my hand in BMX track buildings full time, well not full full time, but full on since 2004. Mm -hmm. So that's what, 18 years, 19 or 17? Something like that. Long enough. Doesn't well, feel that long, but it is. <laughs> Goes by fast, hopefully, because you you seem yeah, to enjoy what and, you're doing. Like I said earlier, it was kind of weird at all. It all the way it started when I was little, helping Albany rebuild their track. You want to? That is. That's High Springs there. Yeah. You want to do your check-in? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know there's there's a lot of comments in there. <laughs> yeah, I've rebuilt that High Springs track. I rebuilt three times. Wow, I know. John, John Pringle does a John Pringle does a nice job up there. And he makes a wicked breakfast, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's quite the he he's quite the homemaker. Man, he the Blackstone is that the thing? The mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> when we were in uh, Sarasota, he hooked it up for me. <laughs> yeah uh melissa we're gonna we're gonna uh mitch yeah. we got some question comments i'm gonna check in in the chat we don't have the isolated camera though that's okay all right yeah we're gonna share it's, uh, yeah it's okay. better that you don't it's been a long day <laughs> mm -hmm. um all right well thank you guys for checking in this evening so glad that you are with us and in the chat commenting want to say hi to scott foster brian fell rick carter beer budget bmx uh, T-Bone BMX, Mr. Brian Wilson's in the chat. Uh, Brian Alex is checking in with us. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cardoza are in with us. Mike Melvin, the other half of Beer Budget BMX, is also checking in. Um, let's see. Cardoza is over on YouTube. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Big Rig is also checking in on YouTube. 
Dave Dortona from uh, good friends over at Bomb Squad BMX. Why can't I think of the name of their DB Sports? Thank you. <laughs> Which shout out yeah. and thank you very much for the birthday present. Thank you guys. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, Billy with Gate Nine Plates is in the chat with us. Um, let's see. Carl Claypool says, "What's uh, what's happening, Mitch? Ancient City BMX is forever thankful. The track is coming along nicely, thanks to you." Yeah, excited to hear that track's going to be back up and running here pretty soon. Yeah, that's awesome. They, they've been doing a lot of hard work there. I mean, the, the weather's never good to them up there, but they're they're getting it under control. Aww. Uh, the style man himself, Colin Styles, is checking in. Sorry, I didn't call you back. <laughs> That's probably my fault. Uh, Shane Wambles says, uh, Mitch, the best in the business. Uh, yep. let's see. Shane from Orlando. <laughs> uh, Mr. Robert McDonald checking in. He says, amazing dude. Mitch has been so patient with me and future plans we have for Brunswick, Georgia. An hour north of Jacksonville BMX, which have required several consultations, and he has kept giving me the information I needed for our local officials. And yeah, you set that dude loose once, he shows up. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, our good buddy Dennis Yabera, or otherwise known as Yogi, actually finally gets to listen to us <laughs> on his way to work. We're glad you're tuning in, Yogi. Um, he's got a question for you that I'm going to come back to. Um, let's what else Robert McDonald uh, commented again and said uh, on a moment's notice you came and helped Ryan grab and I reshape the pump track at Tilly Fowler Regional Park yeah they got a cool little thing going on there yeah. big mountain bike area they they put in a little natural surface pump track well, that's awesome. they work hard on that thing too it's the never-ending work there for them um, Mr. Anthony Morris checking in on Facebook um, says we'd love a pump track in Cape Coral. What's up, Nick Jones? <laughs> <laughs> Who's also in the chat and said everyone loves Cape Coral's pro set. Um, but it makes a big difference if you can hit it. Uh, and then yeah. he also commented when you said you wanted to change it. He then said, yeah, I know you would, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, Orlando doesn't have a pro set. Yep. Yeah, Saint, that's the other one, Orlando. St. Cloud BMX. Yeah. We're going to be there. I just recently up. worked on their track. It took, that was one track that I never worked on for the longest time because they were always pretty good at doing their own thing. And it just, they never really called me up. And I, as much as I wanted to work on that track, because I used to race on it when I was a kid. And, uh, but they finally, uh, I think it was last, last year sometime. They called me up and uh, we did uh, the second straight, uh, changed the 290s to uh, like a 120 in the back, and then did all the last straight. Mm -hmm. That's That's cool. Yeah, Dominguez Dominguez actually helped me on that one. He helped me uh, design the last straight. Got that custom DL design, huh? Oh, yeah. it's, it's, It's something... It works good, though. It's pretty fast. Talk about decision maker. <laughs> uh, yep. Sean Giffords checking in. He says, happy weekend, guys. Hashtag thong nation. If you know, you know. I just realized what I forgot to do. But anyways. Um, Put the sticky note up. Yep. 
and I had a good one too. That's oh, well. cool. We'll put Mitch save on the main screen. You can run back and do it. <laughs> no, save it for Wednesday. <laughs> uh, Nick Jones says, I don't take notes. I just call Mitch. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, Mitch only lives like five blocks well, or something from the, true. from Cape Coral too. So um, Michael Maggie Yeah, is, we're pretty close here now. It's, they, and you know, I, I figured they'd take a little more advantage of me, but they, they've been pretty nice. Cause that, that was the deal with West Palm is, I was the track. Well, I was the track director there for I think five years. I was the assistant for another three years. So you know, when you're the track director and you're a track builder, uh, yeah, you kind of <laughs> your track gets a lot of work done to it. Sure, I could so, see that. You know, we didn't we didn't have to ask. We just did it. <laughs> you know, people they they knew if they showed up on a Friday night to race, and there was some equipment sitting by the last or the by the third straight that something was going to happen Friday night when they left. <laughs> this little build here you're looking at, that's a, a private training track in Wait, Cape Coral. That guy right there? Yeah. The on. starting hill's not put in yet. He's putting a scaffolding starting hill in. But that's a full-on, what I call, I call it like a 7-8 scale BMX track. Okay. Um, you could hold races on it. The only thing, the only difference is, other than a regular track, is the third straight wraps back into the second because they wanted also something they, they could just keep riding on. But you could have, he's putting a four-man gate on it, so you could do four-man races on that track. Uh, is this the individual that has a, that is really good at concrete? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's concrete guy. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, like that. To kind of scale that track, the turns there are like eight feet high. Wow. So That's... that'll give you some kind of scale. Wow. And it's all built out of base rock and, and then put slurry coat on top of it. We could fit the garbage can in our backyard. Yeah. There's definitely <laughs> room for that. That's about it. Maybe two. Yeah. He's got about two and a half acres there. Wow. Uh, Michael Mag's got a question for you. Oh, man. I... He wants to know how Toledo's rhythm section is. It'll <laughs> Toledo's thirty-eight thousand dollar hospital to bill. It, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> to this day, actually, it wasn't even that long ago. Uh, Cardoza and I and a bunch of us, after one of the Wednesday night shows, we were watching the the video from when I crashed down there a year ago, and it just looks like a groundhog jumped up and just swiped my front tire out from wow. the backside, and I well, face planted. You uh, I did. I mean, it looked like one of those uh, meme videos where they, you know, shoot the gun. And I went over the handlebars. My big ass can't do anything when I'm stuck over the handlebars, gutted, and I just face planted into the. <laughs> Billy says it was a whale of a good time. Fuck you, Billy. <laughs> Fuck you, Billy. <laughs> Billy always teases me because I, I lost my knocked out cold. And when I come to, I couldn't catch my breath. And yeah. all I'm thinking is. I don't want to scare Melissa because it's the first crash she saw. <laughs> too late. And it was way too late because I can't catch my breath. And I'm over there wheezing <laughs> like some asthmatic. And uh, yeah, Billy did a fine job of never forgetting. What you sound uh, the like. Best, oh, that the guy. Best place, the best place when, when I used to work all the state races, I would always hang out towards the end of the rhythm section. That's the, yep. And you wait, you know, as much as you, you don't want to see nobody wrecked, but you'd always look forward to the 35 and over class yeah. cruiser and the cruisers, the 40, 40, 45 year old cruiser class going through there. Cause you knew it was going to happen. 
just like you, over the bars, face planting the next roller, sounding like a sack of potatoes when they hit the ground, and you just hear the air gone <laughs> out of them. That's right. It was. And you walk up there and you're like, "Give me a minute." Yeah. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> what I remember when I came to was hearing uh, Mr. Luna on a, mm-hmm. on, on, a, on a CB radio from one of the other officials. It's like. You want to tell Tompkins this is nowhere he needs to be rolling around in the dirt and spending his birthday? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. It was a good time. That's <laughs> funny. So- that's, why, that's, that's why I didn't get back into racing when my kids started. <laughs> I started I started riding for a few months. And, of course, you know, my brain's telling my body to do things that it's not capable of doing anymore. Oh. And I knew I was going to wind up hurt if I didn't stop. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'll let my kids do the run. So very smart. I mean, at that point, yeah, I, 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 I did. I mean, I did have the crown for double tire manual. Yeah, but that's the first time I ever crashed on a double tire manual. Let that sit mm-hmm. in for a minute. <laughs> Both tires were on the ground, and you still crashed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, Dennis was wondering what you would say has been the worst material you have had to work with to build a track oh. besides sand? Cause I guess that's probably a given. It's a good question. Oh. The worst material. Well, one of the worst experiences we had was in, uh, it, the material looked good when we started building with it, it was in Baku and, uh, it built nice. It looked is- like red brick clay. Mm. And it was fine until we put started putting the Soltac on it. And then it pretty much just started cracking everywhere. It oh, looked like a dry mud puddle when we put the Soltac on it. Oh yeah. We had to roll it down and spray it again and roll it down. Wow. And it wound up not holding together, but at the end that for the for the big race they had some issues with it. But there and then you just get into um some tracks that are really rocky, you know, that you, you take off the top two inch layer when you're mm-hmm. rebuilding and you find out that everything underneath it is boulders, you know, mm. big rocks and, and sure. just bad material. Uh, obviously the best material, the best material to build out of is, uh, you know, road based material and then cap it. Um, cause it's not going to go anywhere on you. It's not going to settle that much. Uh, everybody doesn't have that luxury. Yeah, sure. But anything that's that has any kind of what we call down here, we call it marl, but it's like a clay content. Um, you don't want too much clay, but you want enough to, to where it's going to compact and get hard. Too much clay, and it's when it gets wet, it's going to turn to crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I would, like the Florida tracks, you know, everybody always talks about the clay in Florida, and it doesn't come from Florida. It comes from Georgia. And uh, they bring it down here and they process it and they blend it. And it's an 80-20 clay sand mix. It's 80 sand, 20% clay. And it's processed so it's perfect. So when you lay it down, it grades out really nice. And when you roll it, it compacts and stays hard. Obviously, if it gets wet in its natural state, it's going to get soft again. But once you can seal it, it, it's like a rock. We can retire down there. Yeah, see, <laughs> told you, we can retire now. 
Go ahead. You, you can be a TO somewhere, and then I can get you off that bike. <laughs> Me and Nick As Jones. Age. I'll just I'll be Nick Jones' prodigy. There you go. I like. That. I mean, we're pretty most same age, but you know. Yeah, I'll come down and be his assistant for a little while. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Eventually, want that's him how, off the bike. That's how uh, the track director in West Palm now, TC. He he started out when I became track director. He was my assistant, and we went that way for five years. And then when I finally decided I wasn't going to be the track director anymore, he's like, "Well." I told him, I said, why don't you be track director? I said, they're going to vote you in anyway because you're, you're the only other one that knows what's going on around here. And he's like, well, the only way I'm going to be track director is if you're my assistant. <laughs> so we just switched places. That makes sense. Now, how important? All I, wanted to do, all I really wanted to do was work on the track. Yeah. I didn't want to deal with all the politics. Oh, right. Fair. So it, he took care of the politics. I took care of the track. How important is it? Like coming from your position as a track builder, which you've been to many, many tracks, Mm -hmm. um, which we'll get into like how globally you've been all over the place too. But how important is it that tracks or, you know, volunteer organizations, clubs uh, have like a bench of, you know, call it a next generation of volunteers or, you know, the next people to fill those positions because you know there's a lot of times where you know tracks run really great right we've all saw they've run really really good for three years four years and then maybe it's one person or maybe it's the group that leaves like in your perspective how important is it to you know form that bench of people that are willing to come in and follow the same um you know mission statement or you know passion it's very it's very important i mean it's we've been fortunate enough over there to to have a large enough writer base and parent base that we have a lot of people to choose from. Uh, the problem that a lot of tracks run into is they have a very handful full of people and that's their go-to people every time and they get burned out. You know, it's, they don't have anybody else to call. They're always calling you know, Jim, hey, Jim, can we have you out here this weekend? Hey, Jim, can we have you out here next weekend? Well, you know, one weekend, Jim wants to be at home, you know, so it's it's tough. You don't want to burn them out, um, but it's hard to find new people. Uh, as far as grooming new people, uh, I feel that some tracks tend to kind of force people to volunteer, it's, it's kind of like, a, you know, hey, we need you to volunteer. You know, you need to come out here and help us. Well, unfortunately, and as, you know, as bad as it is, some people get into BMX not to volunteer but to watch your kids race. And they don't want to feel like they have to come out there and participate in order to have a good time to, to watch your kids race. Some people just want to go there, watch your kids race, and go home. And uh, they don't want to deal – with working on the track on a Saturday, you know, it's unfortunate that, that it happens, but, you know, and not everybody's hands on, you know, it takes a certain breed to come out there and run a shovel and a rake or, or whatever you're doing, painting. It, it takes a special breed to do that. Not everybody's geared to that. So you kind of want to look at your, your parent base and find out what a lot of people do for a living. If you got a guy that paints for a living on your 
on your staff there, you know, you approach him and say, hey, you know, we know you do painting and stuff, and, you know, we really want to do some painting around the, around the place. You know, do you think you can help us out? You know, even if, even if he tells you, you know, well, I can't do it for free, but I can give you a really, really good price, and I can come in here and paint the whole place for you. You know, you, you kind of, we used to do that at West Palm all the time. We'd always find out what people did for a living. Whether and that's how they got me. They asked me point blank the third time, the third day I was there. The assistant track director asked me. We were just talking. He goes, "What do you do for a living?" I go, I "Run heavy equipment." And that's all it took. He lit up, he lit up like a Christmas tree. He goes, "You run heavy equipment." But you know, and that's the way you you find how who your electricians are. You find out who your plumbers are, and you don't you don't want to like use them and abuse them. But you want to make them feel wanted mm-hmm. to be there. You know, like I said, some people don't want to do it. You know, and then you get the people that have an agenda. You know, yeah, I'm a, I'll go work on the track, but every time I come out, you know, little Johnny's going to be riding his bicycle. You know, which is fine if you're not working on the track. But you get people that they have their own agenda and it's not for the at the track's best interest it's it's for their best interest whatever they can get extra time at the track for their kids which isn't always bad it all depends on the organization sure some of the smaller tracks you know it's just like one big family and, and everybody just kind of goes out there and rides when they want to ride anyway but when you take a place like a lot of the tracks here in florida where the rider base is so big and where you're getting your your board members on the track are literally just going out to the track so their kids can ride in the middle of the week when normally the track would be closed. But then when some other, some other parent sees that that kid's out there riding on a Wednesday afternoon, like, well, why can't we go out there? Mm-hmm. You know, it, so it's a kind of a double-edged sword. And it's the way we've always handled it at our track was in the beginning, they used to always, how to get volunteers are like, well, maybe we should tell people that, that they need to volunteer a certain amount. I'm like, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't force people to volunteer. That's not what they come here for. Yeah. Agreed. You know, it's, so it's, it's tough, but yeah, you do need to find those people and you got to seek them out by finding out what they do for a living, what they're good at. You know, some people's good at running a show. Some people ain't, <laughs> you know, it's, some people can't hit the ground with a shovel and, and that's not the guy you want out there grooming nope. the lips, but he might be really good at doing something else, you know? And if he's really good at doing something else, he's probably going to enjoy doing that more than out there trying to rake and shovel on something he don't want to do. So a lot of it, sometimes some of the older kids that, that are trail builders or something, they're good at it. As long as they don't build too many of the jumps that, Right, like dirt jumps. But uh, your volunteer base, you definitely want to keep it fresh, you know, and take care of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Don't be afraid to have, you know, if your budget allows you, you know, don't be afraid to have a, a volunteer appreciation party, you know. That's a good suggestion. It, I like it, that. Goes, it goes a long way, you know. We, we do it, we used to do it at least once a year. Um, it would be basically a, an invite, volunteers only. Sure. 
you could bring other family members if you wanted, but it would be volunteers only. And everybody that had helped out throughout the year on the track, during races, stuff like that, you'd bring everybody together. I like that. You know, and the, all the kids, they'd be, they would ride the track. The parents would sit around and bullshit and have some beers and eat some food. And, and it just let them know that, you know, hey, the track is thinking about us. Yeah. You know? That could definitely go and you a long can way. do you can go as far as doing practice cards if you volunteer, you know, stuff like that to kind of make people want to volunteer. They're like, oh, if I volunteer six times, you know, my kid gets a free practice or a free race. Mm-hmm. You know, we did that. You know, it's been hit and miss on that. But our our biggest thing is we do we have the amount of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have a lot of people to call. Some tracks don't have that. Yeah, that's true. You know, it, it's every time something happens, it's the same four or five guys at the track. You know, what is it that you feel when you say we? You're referring to Cape. Um, what is it that you feel? Well, when I say we, I refer to West Palm. Yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, what is it that you feel at West Palm? <clears throat> well, Cape does too, man. They got a ton of volunteers. There. Yeah, it's, I'm yeah. always impressed. Like even on a local but Nick, night. But but there again, Nick takes care of them. And yeah. that was I was going to ask. Yeah. What is it that you feel? you know, West Palm does Cape does very well. That keeps bringing in the new volunteers. As far as like new ridership and stuff like that. Cause that's where you get it. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, so you got your new riders, you know, you can do clinics, you can do, you know, beginner yeah. leagues, but what is it? I mean, the volunteer parts, you know, what is it that you feel in your perspective as a track builder and going to all those places that is the thing that you see, that is successful that other tracks could copy and, and implement. Well, we do, we hmm. do promote the volunteer, you know, like whoever's announcing, mm-hmm. they will, they will announce, you know, if you, cause a lot of people don't know when you show up at the track, you don't know if you've never done BMX, you don't know that it's a big volunteer organization. You don't know that you're allowed to get involved uh, until you're told or, you know, so they'll announce that, you know, hey, for you new parents, if you want to be involved in this organization, here's how to get involved. You know, there's stuff here for everybody to do. We're a full orga- full volunteer organization. So volunteering is important, not not required. Sure. But if you want to be involved, if, if you if you want to be more involved in your kids racing and be a part of the organization and be more hands on then by all means, you know, come talk to so-and-so at registration. They'll explain everything to you and how it works. And then, you know, we always have our go-to people for the longest time because we have so many long-term parents and riders at our track that have been there for 10-plus years. Uh, So we always have a pretty deep pool to pull from. But we do limit when we do work stuff at the track, like on the track maybe four or five people is the most people we'll have out there. You don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. Exactly. Because generally, <laughs> if, I'm, if there's any changes done to the track, I'm going to be there doing them. And pretty much they're just standing there watching me. Yeah. TC will have them doing other stuff. Because a lot of times we'll take fencing down and, and stuff like that to get it out of the way. So there's always something for them to do. But still, again, you don't want too many people because I feel like tracks make that mistake also is they'll have a huge work party and it won't get nothing done. Yeah. 
because you'll have 30 people out there and nobody knows what's going on. Not enough chiefs. Well, I've said, yeah, it's better to have five or six guys and you, and you basically plan it two to three weeks out and say, this is what we want to get done. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that planning would be you know, key. And we used to do that. I I'd do it at West Palm all the time. I'd, I would get in my head what I wanted to get done, and that's what we'd focus on that week. That weekend, we'd focus on this. The next weekend or whatever, we'd focus on the next thing. Yeah, that's so, a good idea. So too many things at one time. So just re- recap, you said announcements, which make I, – like I, that's such a simple thing I feel could be missed yeah. by a lot. Like, hey, while you're making your concession announcement – your when registration is going to close your upcoming events, like including the fact like, Hey, if you would like to help directing these people where to go and how to be involved. And then you're, well, it's the five P's, right? Proper planning prevents piss poor. Yeah. So you got that, right. You plan your work day. So you don't just show up and like, you know, right. Yeah. Agendas are always helpful. I took it on here just about two months ago where I was like, man, I got to figure out. Melissa and I found out next door to us, literally next door, could hit a golf ball. There's a massive mountain bike loop, trail system, skill park. And her and I went over there and rode the thing. (laughs) We didn't even know. Then I find out they're building all this stuff. But I'm like, man, these, that mountain bike groups get stuff done. And I decided to try to immerse myself in that to find out how they do it. And I've been helping down in Ann Arbor with some, you know, bike parks and so on, which the guy is from mountain bike groups. And that's exactly the key. Like you have to plan out those work days to get the maximum amount of work out of them. And everybody knows their assignment, which Mm -hmm. gives them, you know, that, that, that sense that like I, I am helping and I'm valued. Uh, So like those, those things right there, I think, you know, anyone could take away and implement into their tracks right now. Look, look, you, we can schedule track days. We all do it. We go to Facebook, make an event. Here's your track work B day, but here's the next layer, according to Mitch, that will make it successful for your track, you know? Yeah. I mean, I come, like I said, my background other than running equipment is also supervisor. I mean, I ran, when I was doing golf course construction, I'd have 30 to 40 guys underneath me. Mm -hmm. And if you don't plan out your week when you're building or rebuilding a golf course, Mm -hmm. you're not going to go very far because you got 40 guys and every one of them, you know, you wind up with about five or six different crews of guys and you got to get every one of those guys set up going and doing what they're supposed to be doing. Cause if it runs like an assembly line, you know, on a golf course, you're building each hole as it goes and you're working your way out, you know, so you got to have everything running like an assembly line to where the crews aren't running over each other. So, and it's, it's very similar with a BMX track. You know, you're going to start point A and you're going to finish point B. Yeah. And it's easier when you, you know, whether it's me building it or whether it's somebody else building the track, it's easier when they have a builder involved. If they're doing track changes, if it's, if the work that's getting done is a track change, it's better when they obviously have a builder there because then the few volunteers that you might have can focus on other stuff. The builder is going to do his job. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need a guy out there trying to shape a lip with a shovel if he is going to do it with a machine. 
you know, the guy with the shovels now, he's either going to be cleaning up some slopes or garbage or whatever, letting the guy on the machine do his job. You know, the, the big, the big thing I see on some tracks that, you know, that either they don't have access to the equipment or they do, and they have somebody that can halfway run it and they wind up having to do so much handwork on the track Mm -hmm. because the guy running the machine can't get the lip perfect with the machine. You can't smooth back grade it to where you're not having to spend two days raking a straightaway. And that was one of the things when Chris was on the show, he, Mm -hmm. he really praised the fact that, Hey, when Mitch was here, he put the blade down on the, on the machine and we picked our bikes up. We didn't pick Mm -hmm. rigs up. And yeah, he was, when I started, he had left, he, he was at work and he'd come back that evening and he's like, that thing's ready to ride. Yep. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Just put a roller on it. Yeah. All you need. I mean, it, and a lot of that goes back to what Melissa was saying about material. You know, when you have good building material, yeah, you can lay a track down so smooth that you, you don't touch it with nothing but a roller. You know, sometimes you get you get tracks that the the machine or the equipment or the material a little rocky, so you're having to rake some rocks off here and there. But yeah. still, you can do so much with a machine once you got the right when you have the right builder on it. Now, this is a question that, that's popped up a lot, and you're the perfect person to ask this. So you'll come into a facility, and you're going to have a group of volunteers. So they're giving mm-hmm. up their time to improve their local facility. How do you overcome that part of telling a volunteer how to do something or how to spend their free time? So I've heard a lot of TOs, uh, presidents, you know, so on and so forth in those organizations mm-hmm. like say, I struggle because, and it's a supervisor thing, right? Like you've been a supervisor. However, that's still a tough thing to overcome. And uh, like, even I, myself in those roles, like, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I've ran, been supervisor managers and stuff before, but telling somebody that's volunteering their free time, how is it that you, you, you approach that and you would tell somebody like, Hey, you got to do it this way and, and not offend them. You know, because look, we do live in that generation. It's tough. And it goes back to kind of what I was saying before. If you have, obviously, if you have an electrician on your staff and he's coming to you as the, as you as the track operator and he sees a bunch of shoddy wiring, you know, in the concession or, or in the lights, just it just does it. And he comes to you and go, man, we really need to do something about this wiring. Well, now in the back of your head, you've got it in your head that, okay, we need to do something about the wiring. So the next work party that you have, you're going to call that guy and say, listen, you're right. We do need to do something about it. Do you think you being an electrician, since you brought it to our attention, do you think you can come out and help us? All right. Play to their strengths. By all means. So now you've got that guy focused on what he's good at. Mm -hmm. He's going to go take care of the wiring. He knows more about it than you do. Let him do it. All you got to do is give him the materials, what he needs. He's going to go do it. Same with the fence guy. Mm -hmm. The fence guy looking at the fence, you know, hey, 
I want to replace the fence. Hey, have at it, buddy. Next work party, we're going to tear it down, do it up. So you try to find the people, like I said, that, that are good at their, their craft, and you don't have to babysit them. You know, you're going to get the you're going to get the just the basic people, and those are the guys that you're going to be like, hey, I'm going to be working on this straightaway. I can't get over here on the side of this jump with a machine, so it's going to be a little rough. So just take the rakes and rake the sides of these jumps all smooth, and they're most of them are more than happy to do it. I like because they they want to be involved in it. Gotcha. Basically, when it usually takes about a half a day, three, about that first evening after they've showed up at like, depending on what day it is, most of them usually don't show up till afternoon. Mm-hmm. And because some of them work, whatever. And when they show up and they see... Terrible thing, they have real jobs. Yeah. <laughs> when they see what you're actually doing, what you can do with that machine, yeah, they they get excited. Now they want to be a part of it. You know, I've, I've had guys literally question me for hours about what I thought I was going to do mm-hmm. because it's like they don't have faith in you at first because either either they used to be the one that kind of worked on the track and now the yep. track operator is kind of shunning them okay. that, and I, calling them. Calling in a track builder and yep. that guy's all like butt hurt now because, Oh, well, what are you going to do? That's a great point. Yeah. And then you wind up, you get on the machine and you spend about two or three hours on it and he's coming up going, man, he wasn't lying. You're the man. <laughs> you know, I see, I see why he brought you in now. And by the end of the weekend, you know, he's telling you, you know, Hey, you can come to the track anytime you want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so it's, do you- it's, it's tough. Yeah, I've I've heard a few people's feelings by telling them what to do, what I thought they should do. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, go over here and pick up all this stuff. Yeah, Brian Brian over here, he's shaking his head. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> he knows he's been out there when I've worked on the track. That's definitely find their strengths, play to their strengths, and yeah. if it's not identifiable, put yeah. them in like, like something said, that's easy to do. Need- you don't need 20 people out there on a work party. Yeah. You know, unless you're doing something major, you don't need it. You know, we used to have that in the very beginning. I'd have been so many people show up and then you just sit there. I'd be working and everybody'd be standing there watching. <laughs> you know, it's now so it got to where we, we would pick our strongest guys and if they were willing, we'd always give them a couple of weeks notice. Hey guys, a couple of weeks, this is what we're going to do. We're going to blow this place apart, but we're going to have a good full weekend. Rest up because we're going to be busting our butt. Now here, here, here's one for you. When you guys, we spoke like, here's some challenges. How do you, you know, assign things to volunteers, uh, material, building a track, making that successful, uh, hard, you know, the hardware you use, what do you find as like a unique difference between building stateside and internationally? Do you, which do you find easier and what do you find kind of challenging? And for those that are joining us, thank you uh, first, but uh, Mitch is the international 
builder extraordinaire. <laughs> How many continents have you built tracks on? Uh, continents. Uh, let's see. Just because I'm not that smart, I know there's only seven. I'd rather go by. I'd rather go by countries. All right. Continents. Let's go countries. Uh, countries. Uh, we'll name them off. Uh, we'll start out uh, Canada. Okay. Uh, Ohio doesn't count, by the way. Even though it feels like a different country, Ohio doesn't count. It's not a different country? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Canada, Azerbaijan, which if nobody knows where that's at, obviously most people do now after the world's in 2018, but uh, that's over by Iraq. Um, so Switzerland, uh, Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, of course. Uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, uh, United States, and the United States. I think that's got me covered, pretty much. No England, no France. No England, no France. No, I didn't get up into the European stuff. Uh, there wasn't when I was working with Tom when I was, did most of that traveling. Um, the European market just wasn't. They weren't doing a lot of building. They obviously have changed that. Speaking of Great Britain. <laughs> yeah, it might change now. Uh, <laughs> it might change. It's, it's hard to say, but yeah, but like in South America, yeah, we built so many tracks down there, uh, quite a few, uh, several in Colombia, obviously the Rio games, uh, Argentina. That was a rebuild of a track Tom that originally built, um, the Philippines, the Philippines, Malaysia, and Indonesia was pretty cool because the BMX program there is not real strong. Mm -hmm. So when you're there building, you know everybody's excited. The few riders that they have are really excited, and the federations are excited because it's all new to them. Oh, I bet. So they 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 treat it as really nice. Can you uh, explain we, what when you say federation? Just that's the cycling federation. Okay. Like here we have USA Cycling. Yeah. That's the federation over USA BMX. Okay. Uh, so, like there, you know, you have uh, uh, in Colombia, you know, you got the, the cycling federation there. Every every country has its own cycling federation, and what it's and the UCI is pretty much over them all. You know, they're they're the main deal. They're the ones that that uh, deal with all that stuff. Um, and they're the ones you deal with when you're building a big track for the country, you deal with the cycling federation. And they pretty much tell you what they want, what they need. And so they're, you're building a program. Now, earlier All the cycling disciplines fall under that federation. Earlier, you said you, you, you really enjoy, you know, kind of building the tracks for locals, you know, Mm-hmm. If you had to choose, gun to your head, <laughs> loaded revolver, no misfire. <laughs> he already knows what you're going to ask. <laughs> Nick Jones is yeah. on the other end of that pistol. <laughs> so he's not going to miss. And you have to choose between building local tracks for the rest of your time on, on, on this rock, or you're going to build Olympic tracks. Mm. Which one are you taking? Ooh. That's a tough gig. I mean, the Olympic track, 
you know, I've only done one. Um, it had its good and bad. Uh, Feel free to expound on that. Well, just dealing with the, dealing with the contractors, mm-hmm. you know, materials, trying to get materials in a timely fashion, uh, equipment. That that goes kind of back to what you were saying before, the difference, you know, between local and, and international. Mm-hmm. Uh, building out of the states, equipment's always an issue. Uh, sometimes you you can get good equipment. Sometimes you don't. It's tough. It's tough to get the equipment that we operate in every mm-hmm. country. Uh, so you have to deal with what they have, and sometimes it's pretty brutal. Um, same with same with material. You know, all over the world, there's different materials. Uh, you don't always have primo material in every country, and you have to make do with it. So you learn real quick how to how to use different materials at the best. To the, to the best of your ability. Um, what would I rather do? If Okay, so you're saying like if the Olympics are going to go on for the next 50 years. Yeah, we have to throw that in there. If, yeah. Because we, we, we can use, we can do this as a cliffhanger and I can jump to the commercial break real fast uh, and then okay. we can come back if you want. Go ahead. That'll okay. Give me time to think. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> We're going to go to the Mighty Mo's commercial, which I'm going to do mm-hmm. the read. Uh, and uh, typically Melissa does, but uh, I, I'm going to throw it out there. So hopefully Moses isn't listening. And uh, when we come back, we're going to find out the answer to this cliffhanger of a question. Is it going to be locals tracks or are we going to do the, uh, the banger Olympic tracks? So you guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after I, uh, I do this read for... The Mighty Moe's Cruise. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for you guys to know about the Mighty Moe's BMX Cruise brought to you in collaboration with T-Bone BMX. We're going to set sail on the Royal Caribbean's Mariner of the Seas. It's a five-night cruise, September 19th to the 24th next year. You have to wait. We're going to be leaving out of Port Canaveral, which is by Orlando, and uh, it's a pretty good track down there, if you haven't heard. Uh, several stops along the way. Make sure you guys uh, check that out. We are going to have Gate 9 number plate sponsoring the Stomp and Stew event. We're going to be honoring Howard Cato with the Humanitarian Award. ATV will be sponsoring the Dodgeball Tournament. So don't take any wrenches or balls to the face. Make sure you sign up because the competition is going to be hot and sweaty. <clears throat> If you guys need more information, make sure you contact Anita. All the details are on the screen right now. And sign up. Spaces are going fast. Guess what you get to take over. Nope. <laughs> I already promised Mo we were going to do a record on that bad boy. Uh-huh. I, I think you might be doing the voice over there, babe. Nope. <laughs> Mitch, are you going to jump on that cruise, man? If I had the time, I'd love to go. <laughs> we'll bored. make sure you have it. <laughs> I just ain't got the time off from work. It's hard enough for me to get home, much less go on the cruise. Is Brian going? Okay. He ain't going. Why? He works he for an airline company. He can get time off of work. Yeah, he's done. He had COVID the same time I did. Well, you guys kind of live together sometimes. Yeah, and Southwest hasn't cleared him to go back to work yet. Oh no! Are you still getting paid, Brian? Yes. 
Yeah, you have COVID from now until uh, September 27th of 2022. He's been couch surfing for the past two weeks. Bro, I'm going to come down there and hang out with you then. (laughs) All right, so it's time for the the cliffhanger answer. You're going to build local tracks? I got a question first. We have a variable. Okay. Yeah, so when you say local tracks... Okay, I understand that part of it. Or, so I have a I have a choice. I could only build local tracks, which would be, you know, the ones without a supercross hill at them. Yeah, basic what I call basic local tracks. Maybe with a pro set, uh, or build only yeah. just only Olympic tracks. Let's toss in the World Cup tracks too. Just we'll throw mm-hmm. those in there. So basically. Build only supercross tracks or only local tracks. Yeah. Ooh. I, I have a tie-in question when he's done answering this one. So. We have another variable? No, oh, no, no, no. See, this question has more variables than COVID. It's, it's a spinoff. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get ready. The next variable And it's not dependent coming. on his answer either. <laughs> okay. What, what's the variable? No, no variable. It's a spinoff question just off that subject. After I answer yeah, it after or before? After you answer. Nope. After. After I answer, okay. It's not dependent on your answer. So, you know, this is a tough question because I don't want to shoot myself in the foot for future business or anything. Well, it's a proverbial gun. So. <laughs> I don't even know if Nick carries one anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he I does. think from a business standpoint. Ooh, good angle. From a business standpoint, you're better off the local. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's more tracks. Sure. Uh, for the, what I call the rock star status angle, the supercross tracks. Okay. Um, me personally, I'd probably lend to the local scene. Well, I have a caveat question after you're done, Melissa. Well, I'm... As much as I like the supercross stuff, they're cool, but I'm asking this one, so... at the end of the day, the local. All right. Now, with the rock star status, as you were describing, you've you've built them. You were telling me earlier today, like, you know, you you've done builds where like people show up and watch you build the track, yeah. uh, and and they've asked for your autograph. Uh, uh, I need to know this question because I have a few of these items in the background I could mail. You ever had thongs thrown at you? Oh, no, I haven't had thongs. Mm. I got a couple. I'm going to mail you. <laughs> that's all right <laughs> billy billy from gate nine wore one pair Therefore, yeah you don't want it. yeah you don't really um, i'll mail them to brian no thank you uh, <laughs> all right so so my caveat question since you're talking about local tracks and um robert cardoza was asking in the chat if mitch you think um what your thoughts are on the big hill do you think we're going to go back to the no super cross or is the the big hill here to stay. Got any feelings one way or the other? Man, here comes clips versus flats. Yeah. We're not holding you to it, but. Um, the big hill to me, I mean, I personally like it. Um, to me, it lends a little bit more of the extreme factor when it comes to the pro pro, the pro, what I call the elite pros racing. Sure. Um, a lot of people will tell you, you know, the speeds are too fast. Uh, obviously, after what happened with Connor, 
you know, with his feet and him wrecking, um, it happens. You know, it's, it happens on big tracks. It happens on little tracks. Yeah, I, I, that's, hard, that's hard to... I personally, I personally don't have a problem with the big hill. Uh, as long as the track is built for it, you know, the track has to be, if the track is built properly, the riders won't have an issue. I mean, obviously somebody is going to wreck at some point, Sure. whether it's rider error, whether it's two riders getting together, it's going to happen. It's racing. It happens on the little tracks. It happens on the big tracks. I mean, if you look at the case of, you know, Sam Willoughby, he was practicing right. on a little track, looped out, and and unfortunately, you know, he got hurt. But had that happened on a big track, you would have heard all about it. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I, you know. do you feel this Olympic track lended itself to good flow, bad flow, too long, too short, too big. It was, it was a mixture of, of a few things. It had a little bit of a European feel to it. Obviously a European company built the track. Um, the jumps were lippy. Mm-hmm. which is fine as long as they're still built correctly. Um, but not as many riders are used to lippy jumps as they used to be. Um, the Colombian riders, they adjust to them pretty quick because most of their tracks are fairly lippy. Is that because you build and, them? Um, I figured they would do fairly well there. As far as the flow of the track, I don't think it had that good a flow. Okay which kind of was what was echoed in the broadcasts and yeah. Okay. And there was, I seen a, a headline. It was a little kind of a meme or a headline. I think it was, it was, and it had Nick Kimmon in it after he won gold. And basically the caption read build different, different results. So he was lending to all the same guys are winning on the same style of track build it different and you'll get a different winner. Obviously he's a Dutch rider. He's used to the lippier style jumps. Yeah. Um, granted Papadal, which is his home track has pretty good flow to it. You know, I feel like this track just had a lot of dead spots in it. Okay. You know, but it still lended to some pretty crazy racing. If there was yeah. one thing, that Mitch Horn could change on the Olympic track, what would you have changed? Mm, probably second jump, first straight. Second jump. Oh, that's the one they were overshooting, right? Yeah. Or the men. Yeah. Well, both. That was a game changer going down first straight. Yeah. Okay. And what would you change on it? The thing I would have changed was a dead spot on second straight going into turn two. Right before that Step yeah. up, long step down thing. Flat okay. Spot there. Okay. You know, which is fine. I mean, like I said, it's a different, different style of racing. Hmm. I can guarantee you, Nick Kimmon likes track. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Yeah, I doubt he's going to say anything <laughs> bad about that track. Nope, he's yeah. just going to cash his <laughs> it checks. <was> perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, everybody loves the track they went on. That's you know, right. whether they actually like it or not, but they love it. And I'm a big fan of 300 foot tracks. And yeah, <laughs> sprints. And, and I feel like the riders, you know, a lot of them don't speak publicly, and it's probably in their best interest about tracks. Oh, that's. You know, they have their backroom conversations, but as far as when they're when they're either being interviewed or, or they know they're around people that don't need to hear it, they're not going to tell you exactly what they feel about the track. Sure. You think it was a good gamble to mix it up? Because in years past, you know, the Olympic tracks were all, you know, down, for the most part, downhill. This one was a little more yeah. flat. You think it was like a good gamble for for a temperature check kind of on to see where we're headed with the sport well i mean me personally as a builder you know like working with tom tom had built the first three and i came on for rio and when they announced that tokyo was going to be the the 2020 games I got excited because I was thinking, oh, we're going to, we, I automatically figured we were going to build the track mm-hmm. and, you know, it just, unfortunately it worked out. It, it didn't, didn't work out that way. And after the issues we had at Rio with the contractors and all that, it was kind of a, you know, it was like, we ain't worried about it. You know, we don't want to deal with the Olympics again right now. You can say what it was. It was a clusterfuck Tom was on before and explained it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, we got screwed over at the end, and they tried to screw us over every chance they got there. Yeah, you know, it, which is not. It shouldn't take. It shouldn't take eight trips to Rio to build a BMX track. Yeah, which none of yeah. the Rio games was a secret that it was a hot mess down there. Yeah, it was a hot, and it wasn't just the BMX venue. No, nope. It was so many venues were getting screwed. I don't know during the games down there. I, th- I do believe it made the news when uh, when all the swimming pools turned green. Yeah, was... yeah, that was the the contractor that built the venues. They're the one that turned it green. That might have been because... covered up a little bit by a, an Olympic swimmer that beat the shit out of a bathroom that was supposed to go there and win. Yeah, I don't know, Lockie. <laughs> I don't know. You ever heard of that guy? No, Ryan mm-hmm. Lockie, who's supposed to yeah, no, Michael Phelps prodigy. Yeah. He got hammered drunk and beat the shit out of a bathroom. Yeah. Oh, great story there. Yeah. I think they might have used that to yeah, cover so up was, that all the pools so turned stories. green. Like that contractor, he embezzled so much money out of the because he was in charge Bad. of the BMX track, the kayaking facility, the mountain biking facility, and a couple other things. So it was a huge project for them. But it was estimated they embezzled Roughly about twelve million dollars off of that project. Jesus. Wow! Mm-hmm. I know that I remember reading an article on the housing where they relocated people oh, so yeah. they could build yeah. the the temporary Olympic housing, and those people mm-hmm. didn't get their you know permanent housing and all this stuff. It was yeah. a really really sad state, and we've all saw the videos and pictures of the actual facility itself. Yeah, you know the the just the track, you know, not yeah. not to mention the other facilities there. It's a really sad state. Uh, yeah. Now, out of the ones that uh, you know, we've all kind of either been involved directly or have sit, you know, saw happen. Which which Olympics do you feel has done the best job of repurposing 
obviously Rio's out of the running, but <laughs> repurposing their facility. Because that's a big thing, well, right? Like you, you build these well, amazing Beijing, places. Beijing is non-existent. Yeah. Um, London, I'm not sure if it's actually up and running. I don't think it is. They made it a local track. Right, yeah. I don't know if it's if it's still up and going. I mean, Rio, you could probably go to Rio today and spend a couple of weeks and have that track back in good shape. Um, the problem is it's just the, the neighborhood that it's in doesn't lend to, like, a good local program. Uh, um, nobody wants to go there because it's not the safest place in the world. I mean, there was a few riders a couple, like, a couple years ago that – that went there from Europe that went over and did some riding. I remember seeing that. You know? like the, the, track is, yeah. the track looks rough, but I'm sure with a good slurry coat and some new carpet and it'd be looking brand new again. I mean, everything else has held up pretty good from what I've seen, the latest pictures I've seen. Just a matter of redoing the surface on it. Now, uh, to transition away from the racetracks, because you do an awesome job building, you know, pump tracks and strider mm-hmm. tracks. I want to make sure you kind of, we were able to touch on that. Absolutely. Pump tracks and strider tracks. Is that the new love? Well, it's the new. I mean, I'm sure it's the, the new, new popular thing. thing. The, yeah. Yeah. It's the new thing because for one, you don't have to have as big a space. You know, it's, it's a, and it's a, it's a, anything can ride it. You know, you can bicycles, scooters, rollerblades, skateboards. So it's a multi-use facility. And you can put one in a pretty small area. Yeah. You know, 100 foot by 200. You've got a nice area right there to, to put a pump track. Uh, a lot of the cities, you know, the municipalities are putting them in the playground areas because... It's, it's an easy way. I mean, nowadays with the COVID, so many people on bicycles. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost being demanded. You know, a lot of the cycling, the the private cycling clubs are are getting with the cities and stuff and saying, "Hey, this is what we want." Mm-hmm. So, now we we we've done a bunch of them. On an average, if a track was to call up and say, "Hey, I want to put in a." like a solid seven pump track out of 10. What does it look like cost wise and logistically to implement, you know, a a good, decent, we're not talking some crazy, you know, world cup pump track track, but like, you know, just a a good fun pump track that would, you know. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go in, you know, when you're giving somebody a price, obviously, if that track has access to material and they don't have to purchase it, okay, uh, that's that's your biggest expense is going to be your material. Um, what would that run normally on an average? Good building material, yeah, uh, roughly about three hundred fifty a load, truckload, okay. eighteen cubic yards, and to build a decent pump track, you're probably talking. Anywhere from forty to sixty loads. Okay. Depending on how big. I mean, obviously, if you just want carry, a little, little I got to pump- carry a lot of zeros on this one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's twenty-one grand. Mm-hmm. 
And then the on average, on average yeah. to build a basic, what I call a basic pump track, you could be in the neighborhood of thirty to forty grand. Okay, that's labor material and everything. Uh, yeah, it, it, like I said, there's some and variables very, in there. Yeah. Um, it depends on what the builder wants to charge for their labor. Um, you can go as high as you know, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. Um, a lot of it depends on you know your drainage setup. If you want full underground drainage, or if you just want surface drainage. Mm-hmm. But for like a BMX track to put one, you know, most of them they don't have a lot of room. So I'd say generally they could probably get away with somewhere in the neighborhood of you know twenty five, depending. You know, and like you know, don't really quote me on these prices because everything changes accordingly. Mm-hmm. But um. But just for, you know, we've done some pretty, pretty cheap ones, but it's it's because the customer had the sure. material, they had a machine, so they didn't have to spend big ticket items. They spent money on labor and asphalt. Okay. You know, that's it. You know, your asphalt's going to run you, you know, it depends on gas prices, but about 80, 80 to $90 a ton. That's not going to be the trivia question. If people are watching me take notes, by the way, <laughs> I want, and by the way, I, before <clears throat> we end the show, I want to, I want to give you credit here. So <clears throat> I had called Mitch to help out one of the tracks here in Michigan. And, um, the track was inquiring on some up, uh, you know, redoing the turns and Mitch, you were so patient and you were awesome lending your expertise where, you know, I was taking pictures and sending them to Mitch on the current, uh, you know, well, the setup that was yeah. there. And it, it's no secret. Like the track had been neglected for a while under the previous track uh, operator regime there. And the new group has done amazing things. And shout out Capital City Family BMX. You guys are doing big things. And, uh, you know, I was able to contact Mitch and just literally send him some pictures. And he's like, hey, send me a close up of this and this and he broke it down <clears throat> in a level that if I had to call the asphalt plant, it like I made sense talking to him. And that's where you know, I keep putting in the chat, Mitch, your contact information. Like, don't hesitate to contact him. Like he he's awesome. He's amazing. He's patient. He helps is a lot of people in the chat have said already. And, uh, you know, your heart's right in the right place. And you, there's tons of compliments in the, in the chat. So, uh, you know, it's, you. I, well, we appreciate it. I appreciate it. Cause, uh, you know, it just goes to helping the sport, you know, get better. Absolutely. Even though he doesn't believe in building pump or uh, building pro sets at local tracks. I didn't say I don't believe <laughs> I didn't say that per se. <laughs> I'm pretty much, I built pretty much every one of them in Florida. So. Uh, he's not against it. <laughs> it's just got to be the right location. Right. The right application. I mean, it's. Oh, that is so cool with that pump track right, right. in the middle. So there. here's one I wanted to, <clears throat> I was trying to find here. Uh, so this is one. Yeah, that's Miami South. Yep. That. Yeah, that fit in there really nice because they had that open space. They had that little space that wasn't being used. And we made it useful for the striders. And that's a that's a common track layout. That's kind of what they refer to as a paper clip, you know. Uh, yeah, U and a U. Yeah, and 
there are a lot of tracks around. You could, you could, I love how you <laughs> built that pump track right around the light pole. Or is that mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a light pole. Uh, just awesome. Awesome there. So, uh, just, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the first, uh, I did the one in West Palm first and I did this one second. Uh, that's when all the tracks in Florida started talking. Oh, we want a Strider track because they were listed more as a Strider track than a pump track. And, uh, cause there, this one's you like bigger kids can ride it, but it's not designed like the more modern pump tracks mm-hmm. to hold a lot of speed. This one's built more just for the little guys to go out there and ride. Even though the big guys, just like the one in West Palm's not really designed for big guys. It was specifically designed, so, which is a lot of tracks. They want a spider track. They don't want a pump track. Mm-hmm. You know, Cape Coral, they want a pump track. They're going to get one. I, I, They've I, already got a strider section. Very cool. <clears throat> very, very cool. All right. We want to uh, transition to some of our uh, news, which, Mitch, we want you to chime in on here in the uh, mm-hmm. next few segments. So uh, we have some awesome events coming up. One of them you, you already know about uh, <laughs> from our, our friend here uh, in the Midwest. And uh, we're going to slide into that. <clears throat> and that's going to be our Newsmaker segment. So our good friend, Brian Wick, which, Mitch, mm-hmm. you helped him up there. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a good time. And, uh, you know, they were on Wednesday. If you guys didn't get to catch that, go back, fast forward if you need to, and catch the part where Brian and his uh, girlfriend jumped on and talked about this awesome event that's going on tomorrow. Yeah, it really sounds yeah, like fun. a lot of fun. Yeah. That's a good thing he's doing. That's a good thing he's doing for yeah. me. He used to do it in his backyard. Yep. And he moved out of that house. So he contacted us about helping him uh, build the new, where the new setup is. That's when I was working with Tom and Jason. And uh, we went in and, and uh, did a bunch of work for him. And, and then we did the pump track a little bit later. And uh, he's, he's poured his heart and soul into that place. And, uh, it, uh, it's been pretty crazy, but he's doing good. I mean, he should have a good turnout this this weekend. So, yeah, anybody that's in that area should go check it out. It's definitely in the mountain. I mean, the whole mountain bike area that's around. It's an old golf course they turned into a mountain bike park. Yeah, what a great idea. Which was, Medina, which was weird for Ohio. me because I used to build golf courses, and now I'm turning <laughs> a bike park into right. a golf course into a that's bike right. park. Yeah. You, you couldn't be more of an expert at that point in time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just going to be a good time. And we... Is that cement? Or just... Yeah, they've been coating it little by little with cement to get it where it's really rideable good. Okay. And we have the link in the chat. So if you guys want to see more, like on the registration time, the practice times, yeah. make sure you click on yeah. that link and uh, head over there. You know, their signups are... Uh, it's uh hang on i got that here uh with nine to ten thirty um and uh, let me go back uh I, I, nope i just put that in yep yeah. so that whole part <laughs> that whole part there is built on a par three hole wow really yeah yeah it's pretty awesome and it is uh where's registration it's in there can you read that <laughs> Ah, uh, we'll get 12. it. 
10 to 12. Racing starts ASAP. I, I know they mentioned having a, a riders meeting. Yes. And then they were going to be choosing uh, your opponent, Ooh. drawing names, if you will. It'll be a good time. It will be. Maybe next year. That'd be the goal. Yes. You gotta make it there if you get a chance. Oh. I know you say you can make it this year, but well, you know, if the BMX season wasn't so damn short in Michigan, mm. and we didn't have Midwest. a million like state races to get in, and yeah. there's oh. you have what about three weeks of riding weather? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, it's like two, <laughs> in two between, tops in between raindrops and yeah. uh, melting humidity. Yep. Although preaching to the choir about humidity for you guys, but. Yeah, yeah, we can tell you all about the humidity. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not going to listen because you guys also have your winner, which your winner compared to the Midwest winner is when I walk outside. See, my... We have three weeks of winter. You have three weeks of summer. Yep, yeah, that's right. And when I walk outside in the winter, my face hurts from the weather because <laughs> it's that yeah. cold. Yep. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to go load my bike up and go to the skate park or the indoor. You're like, that's, my that's car why... won't start because it's that cold right. out. I did some I did some work in Michigan. I worked in. Uh, I worked on a couple of golf courses in uh, Jackson, Michigan. Oh, yeah. That's right by Melissa and I. Yeah. yeah. I probably went there and killed a ton of grass. I forgot, and... I forgot the name of it. It's been a long time. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the two, uh, 99, I wasn't even sober. <laughs> Isn't that when we dated the first time? No. Melissa, not Mitch. I didn't know Mitch. That was like... Uh... <laughs> Well, dear, no, that would have been 2002. Well, you know, it all kind of was a blur. Uh, Gee, thanks. <laughs> I always remembered you. Yeah, babe. oh, whatever. It's your trivia time. <laughs> That's a segue, folks. It's a shitty one. Okay. <laughs> it's Friday. Brian is not allowed to win. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good uh, prize pack right there. You think so? Yeah. Oh God, me and this microphone, Chris Beer. I don't know how you do this microphone. <laughs> this is why I sit back there. <laughs> Velvet smooth back there. I guess evening. I know. Velvet smooth. All right, guys. I got a uh, heavy pedal zine here, number six. Going in this one, I got our usual, oh, I guess there's no good color back there, sticker pack here. Lots of uh, usual suspects. Thanks to MCS, I got a lightning brake cable in red, cherry red. You didn't need that, did you? I'll just order another one. <laughs> I just realized <laughs> there was a red and a gold <laughs> one left. I'm like, well, you might Sorry. be getting JT's very own brake I won't autograph it. There. I'll forge Mitch's signature on it so it has value. And, you know, being <laughs> that we're in the midst of summer, we have these really Swamp-ass cooling towels. Yeah, T-bone cooling towel here. Those are great. And then your ATB backpack. All right. Just for fun. Is that outside? We're not in Flint, so I haven't figured out if it's gunshots yet or, or fireworks. I the cat was up there maybe <laughs> hanging himself. Hopefully uh, nobody else can hear that. We'll put Mitch on the uh, screen. You can run up and check. Okay. Uh, I want to know whose nickname is The Butcher. Ooh. Very broad question. It is a broad question. Mm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, 
And with that, we're going to dive into the showcase intro here. And it's brought to you by Answer BMX. Uh, shout out to Michelle, John, and Blake for uh, supporting our cause here. And uh, we got a couple things here we want to cover. Tomorrow, along with the WIC Outlaw Jam uh, on the east side of Michigan. So when you're looking at your hand backwards, it's over by the thumb, your thumb. Uh, that's where that track is. Uh, these guys are good peeps. We're going to be heading over there for their state qualifier. Uh, Kurt, second year running the track, doing an awesome job. Didn't have to talk them down from a ledge today. Yeah, they actually raced tonight, so they're really... I hope they're listening. Everything's dialed in. Yeah. It's a fun track, and, and, and uh, what Mitch was saying about you know building tracks for your rider base... Yeah. They've done an awesome job over there. They have a great group that 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 helps. Um, and our the the individual that built, uh, makes our hats for the show, she was welding, grinding, and working on the gate. They they rebuilt the gate. So shout out to Natalie, right? Natalie, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they got a great group over there. So look, if you're Ohio, Indiana, and you want a fun time, we'll be there. So it'll be a fun time. Bring your cowbells. Uh, <laughs> always a good time. Did you talk about registration? They, More they do have online registration, too. Oh, they do. I totally did not do it. Uh-oh. Is it still open? Uh, I think it was until... 3 o'clock today, wasn't it? 10 today? Oh, well. I know the T.O. I'll email him. <laughs> I don't know. You could always try the link. Yeah, we can. See? You never Good segue. Know. And our next little bit of showcase information for you is the Dirty Jersey Dirt Jump Jam. Say that. I can't. Nice fast. I, that's why I had, to, dirt jump I had to slow down and say it. Dirty Jersey Dirt Jump Jam. I think that's the greatest name ever. Saturday, August 28th. Yes. In Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. Wow. You think Dave and Josh might go? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how close that is to them. I don't know. Either. Nine to ten thirty registration. What is this? It's going on with their uh, state race qualifier too, uh, at that track too. So, so the state trails, race is happening. Are those the trails that are across the street? Nope. This is a well. They could be. So uh, when I when I talked uh, earlier, it, it was a one one jump, and it's going to be uh, like a. There's two kind of lips to it so like a bigger one smaller one and uh you know younger kids are going to go on a smaller gap side uh but they're going to be doing that you know kind of in conjunction with the state qualifier there and uh oh, is it something they built close to the yes. track there yeah because he i asked if you know hey you want to join uh <laughs> uh couldn't couldn't join but we're going to no, get him on we're going to get him on no. next uh we're going to get him on wednesday they're good people up there yeah absolutely and uh what they have is a ton of sponsors. It's going to be an awesome time there. They got S and M in there. They've got yeah. uh, uh, Rico. They've got Chippendale Union Square Shoes. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh man, Profile. Sugar I really thanks. I really should have blown this up so I could read it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time, and we'll get uh, everybody on here in the next few shows. To talk a little so bit more about this. cash prizes for the top three riders. It's going down. Ooh. It's going so down. One old school style dirt jump, two classes. Yep. 16 and then under 16. Or wait, 
16 and under and then 16 and up. Yep. And if you guys want uh, more info, we're going to put Todd Walt information into the chat. Wow. And whether he likes it or not, he'll be on a future show to talk about this <laughs> in more depth than we are right now. Uh, but we're going to have his email, Facebook page, and yeah. uh, website, his phone number. So if you guys want more information on it, and uh, we're, we're going to look forward to the recap on this and uh, seeing some of the footage from it. Um, man, because how exciting. Just a big hucker to go after that thing. Just one jump, throw it out there, and they're going to average your three scores. So if you just, you know, eat shit the first time, it's okay. You know, it just land one banger and you're good to go. Yeah, they used to do that a lot of tracks back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ask them what they're scoring. It used to always be a dirt jump contest mixed in with a race. Yeah. I think their scoring should be like 1 to 72. Why 72? Just 72. 1 to 72? Just 72. Just 70. That is like such a variable. Not the Olympics. <laughs> well, we already know they... Never mind. <laughs> I'm not sure they knew how to score regardless. Well, they definitely didn't have the announcer. Questions on that freestyle. And that information is in the chat. So if you want more on that, you can click on the links that are in the chat. Along... With the state qualifier going on over at k and You got any answers for your trivia question? Whew, it's a stumper. Sure do not. No one knows? I guess not. The real name? Uh, nobody feels like mm. Googling for my prize pack. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> it's all right. I can roll it over to Wednesday if nobody gets it. <laughs> uh, Mitch, while we are waiting on somebody to make an attempt here, uh, Melissa's going to let us know about next week's show, and we're going to hand it over to you after she tells us who's going to come on next week, which this half of the duo that's going to be on Wednesday's show was in the chat tonight, and uh, we're going to toss yeah. it over to you for shout-outs and thank you. So, Melissa, let them know who's coming well, up. I, I suppose it's time to round out, round out the trifecta, right? It is. So this is going to be... Number three, although not necessarily in third it, place at this point in time. But it's a on tight Wednesday, race. next Wednesday, August 11th, we'll be hosting another episode of the All Things BMX show with Nick Jones and Scott Ooh. Angus, who are the managers for the J&R Bicycles National Teams. Uh, East Coast, mm. West Coast, I believe is how they're, yes. they're divided. So those two are mm. going to join us. Um, and we've talked with some of their competition in the past, so I'm excited to hear about... It better be a shit-talking show. <laughs> I'm excited to hear about how they run hey. their team. And hey. You got Nick Jones on there. There's going to be some fun time. James <laughs> Vicario, I'm talking to you. Howard, right. Cato, Howard Cato, bring the shit-talking. No. <laughs> well, well, we'll know the standings by uh, showtime next Wednesday. Well, it'd take me like a half hour to find them right now. Well, no, I'm sure Nick will have it. Nick, what are the standings? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good show. Absolutely. That's going to be a good show. I always, I always look forward to looking at Facebook every day just to see stuff that Nick posts. Oh, Amen to if that. you're not following him, <laughs> you're, not, you're missing, you're missing out. out. I love the fact that what was the one about his fluffy. He's no. If any, oh, was it about him getting in shape? If you like, yeah. me, If you like me in my shape now, then I won't get in. I won't go to the gym or something. It was I. Yeah. I laughed way too hard. I might have. I think I broke a blood vessel in my eye laughing at that one. <laughs> Nick, what's the standings? Get him in there, Carter. I know you, Rick knows these things by heart, so he can put them in the chat right now. <clears throat> uh, so, Mitch, shout yep. outs and thank yous. 
Make sure you plug the name of your new company. And your wife. And yep. your wife. Uh, shout outs. Uh, well, first off, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today if it weren't for Tom and Jason. Uh, we worked together for six, seven years. Uh, he pretty much took me around the world, showed me the ropes on the Supercross stuff, and uh, much appreciated on that. Um, obviously, got to say shout out to my beautiful wife watching from Columbia. Um, love you, dear. Um, shout out to all the track directors that I've worked with throughout the years on all the tracks. Um, big thank you to you guys and keep up the hard work you're doing. Thank you. Um, big Brian Green over here sitting next to me over here. Well, not next to me, but on the other couch. <laughs> uh, it's always good to talk racing with him. He's, he's always, he's always pretty knowledgeable on some things. Um, and thank you for you guys for what you're doing for the sport. I think it's a good thing. Need more of it. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty much. That's pretty much it. I think. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you. Uh, well, yeah, we got about my own company. <laughs> uh, didn't want to, didn't want to boast too much, but I have started, uh, my own track business, uh, BMX tracks international, uh, all my contact information's on there, as you can see. Uh, if you got any questions, um, want me to come help you out? Give me a call. Hit me up. I'll be more than happy to help you out as all I can. We're excited to get you up here in Michigan, Mitch. We got mm, some work. Looking forward, looking forward to it. Mitch is going to come up here and do the little ripping in the mitten. That's right. Ripping in the mitten. Yeah, right. buddy. And uh, need some ripping. You know what? We got to give. We got to give thanks where they're due. So yes. Aaron Ruby, uh, who designed Mitch's logo. Uh, thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Yep. He's, he did Melissa and I's tattoo. He, he did our did. little breast cancer tattoos here. So yeah. shout out to him. Uh, thank you. Cause I had an idea, but it did not. <laughs> it did not correlate well, correctly. Yeah. And no, I tossed it over to Aaron and he, he was like, vision he sure. was as good as Brian fell when he designed our tent. Like, did Laura draw this? I'm like, no, Laura is nine. She can draw way better than I can. And uh, he took those ideas, Mitch's ideas, made this happen. And thank you, Aaron. We really appreciate it. And we wish yeah. you the best of luck with the company. We know it's going to be a tremendous success. Uh, we got your back. Anytime you want to come back on the show, uh, you're always welcome back on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. And we, we put your contact information in the chat numerous times which we'll also share into our group page which we encourage you guys to join the all things bmx show uh facebook group because you know facebook kind of throttles where we can reach so yeah. join the group page and we encourage everyone to share and post in there all the things you have going on at your track your trails your pump tracks your clubs your organizations post it in there please do that let us you know share it uh when you know, people don't use the email address that we plug 976 times during a show. Uh, I have to reach into there to pull things into the show. So, you Which know. is info at allthingsbmxshow.com. God, right on the money. Oh, oh there it is. Bay Area, 510 or 510-2808. Sharks. 2,787 and JR 2,766. That's tight. 
Wow. That's like, that's crazy. No one's paying attention. That's a to, couple of they're first paying, finishes. And they're paying bit. attention to that division only. Wow. Yep. <laughs> that's all. That's crazy. Yep. yep. Just the national teams. That's awesome. Well, shout out to them. And look, we, we're excited to have the final. Yeah. Right there. That, like I said, we had to complete the, well, yeah. every intention of completing the trifecta. So yeah. I'm glad it worked out. I mean, it was so tough soon. getting JNR on. They're busy people. Yeah. I mean, Nick's very yeah. busy. Yeah. Very well, busy. I wouldn't want to take him away from his day job. No. He, I wouldn't either. I'm going to hang out with Kurt this weekend. Nice. And Kurt is the go. owner of JNR. Yeah. I went and did a track at his house uh, a couple months ago. And uh, it's just a natural surface. Well, it's a slurry surface. And they've had tons of rain on it. And it's developed a few bad areas in it. So I'm going to go do a little fix up for him this Sunday. Nice. And you know what? You know, we got to say, everybody, uh, big shout out to Connor. Yeah. I know yeah. you were, you were looking it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just, uh, he just posted, uh, an update. Did he say that all things BMX is the greatest Wednesday uh, night and Friday I mean, night I show ever? That he okay. Did, thank you. He just got back to Vegas. Yeah. Um, which, if you guys didn't know, we have the Vegas local jersey on Velvet Smooth in the background. So I, I'll share this. He just posted four minutes ago. He says, I'm finally back home and on the road to recovery from Tokyo. I have about four to five days that are completely missing from memory from competition day to the following few days. Mm. I'm so thankful for Team USA and USA Cycling staff who were there to help me the whole way through the process and get me home. I am not going to lie. I was bummed. That doesn't seem like a strong enough word, but I was <laughs> bummed when I was told that I qualified for the Olympic final from the stretcher. I had worked so hard and done absolutely everything I could to be ready to contend for another medal. I felt as if I was on track to go for another podium, but alas, it just wasn't meant to be. And as they say, that's BMX. I am thankful and proud of all of those who helped me to get ready for this day. And I will say this on the biggest stages, we showed up the only male Olympic BMXer to make three finals in the history of the sport. Mommy. What's next? I do not know time to get healthy, rest up a bit and appreciate the people around me who have been so amazing this month. Thank you. And I will see you at the races. Well, we congratulate once again all the Olympic athletes and welcome you home with open arms. And we thank you for your dedication to this country and representing us the best that you could. What a badass. Yeah, all of them. Every one of them. Yeah. Four or five days is a lot of time Yeah. to be missing. Yeah, well, even before that, those that have went up and stood on top of one of those supercross hills. Oh, I no, thank you. I mean, I ain't no dude I wipe going to help your butthole as tight as that thing is puckered when you're standing up there, yeah. which is amazing when you watch them. Three-story building. Right down that thing. And like at the bottom of the thing where you, you know, hit the flat bottom. That's amazing. Yeah, you're pulling a couple of G's at the bottom. I just watched a seven-year-old bomb Louisville's track. Seven. And he cleared the first jump. I mean, that's called no fear. <laughs> the kid's got you, a future. You know what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, my knees give out. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm 44, oh, man. I ain't going to last. Oh, awesome. Uh, awesome. Well, Mitch, thank you so much for your time tonight. We appreciate thank you. Guys. you. Hey, does Brian have a guess on uh, 
who who the trivia question was? You got a Brett? You got a guess? No. You don't have a guess at all. Man. You don't own a who, smartphone. Who <laughs> is called the butcher? Whose nickname is the butcher? Whose nickname is the butcher? I've heard that nickname somewhere, and I can't it my brain. Melissa threw everyone for a curve this evening. I, I, I'll have she to. She did. I'm going to have to put that on the sticky note for next Wednesday. Mm. We just ain't got the right people watching. That's why. <laughs> Nobody's into. Uh, he's freestyle, right? Yeah. 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 Well. I mean, he, he's, a he's actually he's a badass. Better. He still hangs out, does some races and yeah. right. freestyles. And all right, I'll give you mm. the answer. Uh, the butcher, week. the nickname, the butcher. Or should I just do it? Don't know. I'm sure when I hear it, I'll know it. Well, I don't know any. <laughs> I don't know any birthdays. I was I was trying to recall. My some. mama is 65 tomorrow. Tomorrow, Mama Ma. Tomorrow. Mm. So loving. Why that. are people sending us answers? In, in <laughs> people are sending answers into uh, me directly on my. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You got to put it in the chat, you guys. It's All not right. Stromberg. Anyways, let's wrap it. We, you know, Stromberg. we could pull an we we we. Stromberg is the machine. Yeah, we could pull an machine. audible and we could ask, uh, you know, a trivia question with uh, about Robert Cardoza. What would that be? I mean, Brian wants to know who they call Mr. Smooth. Jeremy Smith. Wrong. No? Before Jeremy. Oh, I don't know. Craig Reynolds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know right. what? Let's have Mitch ask a trivia question. Okay. We don't. It's Friday. We do it. We, we test. Me, me we test it. things on Friday. The group doesn't suck. You guys, I Google. I don't. Do you think I know who the butcher was before I Googled? <laughs> no. So pick you up your heavy ass smartphone and put in BMX the butcher and see who pops up. Oh. Now we're gonna we're gonna cancel that question. We're gonna we're gonna let Mitch All talk. Right. We're gonna. I got. Do you want me to come up with a trivia question off the top of my head? Hell yeah, oh. man! We ain't got nothing else going on. Hmm. <clears throat> Let's see here. Ooh. Mm. We all know that Brian Wilson made it, that won his bracelet in poker, so we can't use that question. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not Dougie Butcher, Chad. Man. Yeah. We, we can give the answer at this point. Joe Kowalski. Yeah. yeah. Who? Joe Kowalski. Oh, no. Well, no. He's a pretty badass freestyler. <laughs> Joe what? Kowalski. Am I saying his last Kowalski. name? Right? Yeah, that's how I would say it. Yeah, that's how I'd say it. Yeah. I'll copy and paste the spelling into the chat so I can't be called out on a 30-foot violation that nobody filmed. Well, that's easy. Hollywood? Nope. No. Well, Mike, yeah, I'm thinking Mike Brown. You hear what Brian said? Well, Mister, hang on, Cardoza. That was the point of the question. <clears throat> Cardoza just blew up Melissa, saying, "How are we supposed to know he's a freestyler? We're all things BMX." That's right. Okay, I, I got, I got one for Ooh, you. Ooh, here it comes. All right, hang on. I got one for you. 
Okay, well. He raced for a while, All right. but he's also dirt jumper now. Mm. That's all we got? Tom Ritz, Tom Ritz taught him how to ride. Did he hint to this on the show that he was on with us? I don't. Um, he taught Tom Ritz taught him how to ride. He's a current dirt dirt jumper. Started out as a racer. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't take Jane's answer right now. That's Robert's wife because she's still on a piss up from when uh, <clears throat> Kai White and uh, oh shoot. The Great Britain writer, the girl, Schreiber, Schreiber, Shit. Bethany. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get yelled at. God damn it. Uh, anyway. <laughs> From Great Britain's really awesome meddling in the BMX <sighs> events. Um, <laughs> ooh. Tommy Zula? Nope. Nope. That might be the first time Craig ever got an answer wrong. Wow. <laughs> that that's That's legit. I might have helped him learn how to ride, but that's yeah. not who we're looking at. I think, I, well, I, Zula's pretty young. And I, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this guy's older than Zula. All right. Brian over there helping you out on the Google now? No. No. <clears throat> Boy, that's a good one. I can't... know I know the answer because I know the guy. Yeah, text me that. Um, let's see. Text you the answer? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not going to win, but. <laughs> is, there a, is there a hint? Well, it's Ritz. Tom Ritz trained him. Tom Tommy Ritz helped him racing. Yeah. Now he's a current dirt jumper. Started out as a racer. Where's he from? Yeah, Midwest. Uh, originally Colorado. I oh, think. Oh, I know the time frame now, but I still can't. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. I just said it to you. Yeah, well, I'm not going to look at my phone, but I think I got it. <laughs> I think I might. Yep. I think Colorado gave it away. Yeah, I think it, I, I, if I'm real right, it's Colorado. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a good one. That's a stumper, by the way. Well, stumper to the right, you know, for the right person, though. Because he is a badass. And yeah. So he's a current jumper. Yep. Older than Zula. Yep. From Colorado. Colorado. Trained by Ritz. Racing. Racing. Yep. You want me to tell you where he lives now? Where does he live now? Which will probably give it away. Cape Coral. <laughs> no. Truly Vista. <laughs> where? Cali. Where? Cali. Ooh, that's, yep. All the jumpers of the world. Well... <laughs> Those that didn't escape California. <laughs> <clears throat> this is a good one. Nobody's, it's a good one. Nobody but Craig was brave at a stab and who this might be. I mean, so it, we can tell we have a very strong, strong racing, BMX racing. Contingent. I mean, Cardoza's pissed off right now. He's probably going to start boycotting us. Apparently Tom's not watching. He would have no. chimed in. <laughs> Ooh, Chris, Chris Fox. Fox? That's a good, that's nope. It's a good guess. Good guess. He's a badass though. Yeah. Anyone got his phone number? I'll make sure I call him from uh, T-Bone's phone number so he answers. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
a good one. Is the initials too easy? Uh, oh, shit. Look at this guy coming in Cord- with the heat. Cordova, Tyler Truman. Is That's his answer? Cordova? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Who said that? Tyler Truman. Oh, yeah. He, 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 he bought it. He would get it. Good job, Tyler. <laughs> Nice, Tyler. Well, send me uh, your address. Message the uh, Facebook page, and uh, we'll get this prize pack out to you. Nice job, man. Yeah. Well, we, uh, you know what? We really, really appreciate he's you guys. He's a good kid. Tyler, Tyler Truman, he's a good kid. He's a good builder, good writer. Hey, if you, if you and Brian want to hang out for a little while, uh, we're going to open up the Zoom room if you guys want. Uh, yeah. or I can tell the heathens that we're not going to do it this evening. It's up to you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, we can, uh, you know, chat in the afterward, uh, after the show and, uh, I'll post <clears throat> the link here in the chat for the show. So if, uh, Tyler wants to come in and talk a little bit, he can. And, uh, I want to thank everybody for, uh, joining us this evening on our Friday night show. We, Really appreciate it, you guys. Uh, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with Mitch. Yeah. Mitch, thank you so much again uh, for being super patient and uh, working with Thanks us to get fun. you on the show, man. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, and join in next week when we uh, hear all about the uh, JR teams. Oh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to watch that one just to, just to watch Nick. That's right, <laughs> Wednesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We'll be here. All right, and for those of you guys, don't forget, make sure you like us, follow us, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We're on all of, literally, I mean, I if there's a new podcast, <laughs> I just submitted to yeah. something called Rumble. Like, I, I don't even know now. Wait, they just message us. Rumble? Not Bumble, right? I because we got to talk about No, it's not Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. Nope. Uh, but, yeah, we're on it. So if you guys want to see the replays, and we'll post the uh, podcast version here in a little while. Thank you guys again. We really appreciate it. Mitch, again, Brian, thank you guys. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Y'all have a good evening. We'll hang out. Cool. Absolutely. Cause these are my people And this is my life